Welcome to LDS Real People Real Lives Podcast, and I am your host, Stephanie Colvin. And that is Anna Ritchie. She has her own YouTube channel, and that is Nearer My God to Thee, a devotional that she did to the Father. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. Happy New Year. Today is New Year's Eve. Last week was just a wonderful sing-song of many blessings. It just was such a good week. We really enjoyed Christmas, and we had a Christmas Eve baby born. It's my grandson, my first grandchild, to my oldest son, who is 28, and his girlfriend. And his name is Capena de Blanco. It was the sweetest experience to have him come home with his mama, who had such a very traumatic birthing experience, unfortunately. And, um, but she, I tell you, is such a trooper. She's such a soldier. Um, she has a high tolerance for pain and she got the job done, but she did have a couple of rough days there afterwards. And my heart really went out to her, but I have so much love and respect for her and all that she did. She is an amazing mom already. And so is my son. He's an amazing father. And, uh, you know, when we talk about the topic of this week, which is joyous beginnings, that for us definitely was a joyous beginning. And it was really so hard for me to leave that little bundle of joy and come back home here in Ventura. But I'm looking forward to seeing him in a couple of weeks. So I wanted to do this topic mainly because... I really believe in new beginnings or being able to start over or to start fresh or to do things differently. I really believe that Heavenly Father, as part of the plan of salvation and our Savior, Jesus Christ, has given us so many opportunities to be better, to do better, to be able to repent and be better tomorrow than we were today. And that is really part of this whole experience here on earth, this proving ground is they give us so many opportunities to make these course corrections. And I think that is part of the uh, plan of salvation, um, the hope, the love, and the joy that we're given. And, you know, Heavenly Father and Christ are always reaching out to us because they never, ever, ever give up on a single one of us. Never. And... um to me, that is joyous. And then, of course, with the brand new year coming for 2021, after such a rough year this year, this year was rough. 
uh, for 2020. I thought, you know, we have a lot that we can look forward to. And maybe we just need to set our attitude for 2021 to really focus on the blessings, the good, the joy, the peace and the contentment that we can have. We know that the opposition is going to be there, but that doesn't mean that we need to focus on it so much. So I've been doing that a lot lately because it can be a little bit depressing. Um, you know, we're really tired of the COVID mandates and shutdowns here in California. Um, there's a lot going on and, uh, you know, we're, we're being told what to do all the time. And, you know, as far as being able to go to church, to the temple, to be able to gather together as a family, take vacations, you know, our lives have really changed and, um, I'm so over it. But do I want to sit there and dwell on that? Is that where I want the focus of my heart and my mind to be? Which, of course, is going to affect my spirit and whether or not I can hear that still small voice. And so I'm really bound and determined for 2021 to make sure that I am set with great conviction and boundless determination to really focus and be disciplined in my mind to look at the beautiful, to look at the blessings. It always brings me back to the teaching that just as much evil, wickedness, sin and transgression is on is in here, is in the world, there is also greater righteousness, blessings, love, miracles, and hope. And that's the side that I want to focus on, especially in this particular episode. And so that's why I wanted to start off with the... Uh, him near my God to thee, because I think that when we focus our minds on um, the side of goodness, hope, joy, peace, serenity, and focus on our Heavenly Father and our Redeemer, we can overcome some of the other challenges that we're seeing that are kind of quite new for us here in the world. Um, with the pandemic that we're dealing with and the attendant um, consequences of it as it uh, rolls out in many different stages. It just seems to continue to evolve into this uh, weird giant. I, you know, it's nothing I've ever experienced before in my life. And um, we just would like to move on in 2021 and just have a better year, even if it continues to be something that is challenging beyond what we're used to and changing our lives where will we ever be back to normal? Um, is our future just going to be kind of a new normal as people say, you know, I have no idea, but I just want to focus on the blessings and the positivity. So that is why I picked this topic, because I want to remind each and every one of you, whoever can hear my voice at this time, that we're never stuck where we're at. Change is a part of life. And thankfully, this is a blessing for us. Um, oftentimes, change that comes our way can seem too much to bear, too much to handle. How am I going to get through this? What am I going to do? How is this going to affect me, my family, my children, my grandchildren, you know, my parents? Um, you know, it, it, there can be a lot of questions without answers. And um, here in the gospel of Jesus Christ, as found in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we can find the answers. And I just 
want to pray to Heavenly Father and ask that His Spirit can attend to each of you, that you may be touched by the Spirit to know how you can maybe make some changes or course corrections in your life, um, maybe in your mind and your attitude and writing your heart with the Lord so that you can find joy even in the midst of circumstances that aren't maybe so joyful. And that's what I really learned from the scriptures as we powered through Book of Mormon this year. We're moving on to Doctrine and Covenants, which I've actually read cover to cover before. Um, But we know that life here is a proven ground, so it's going to be hard. We were born in a body that just quite simply was meant to be opposite to all that is divine because we must have opposition in all things so that we can learn, so that we can grow and progress, and so that we can be refined like that little bit of silver. So I wanted to start off with some examples of people that I thought of and came across that um, had made mistakes and had made these course corrections or joyous beginnings, a new path. So in Doctrine and Covenant section three, Joseph needed to, it talks about how Joseph needed to repent. Otherwise he was going to have Um, the ability to translate taken away from him for a season. Now, this is when he had allowed Martin Harris to take the 116 pages of manuscript, which was the Book of Lehi. And the Book of Mormon was meant to bless uh, the family of Lehi. He also got into a tiff with his wife and went to translate, but could not. And he had to take that time to rectify the transgression sincerely and with his whole heart. You know, there are formulas to the blessings of the gospel and repentance. We must be sincere. We must pray with our whole heart and have that discussion with Heavenly Father about what we're doing that we need to either stop, correct, change, Um, whatever the case may be, so that we can be in line with the Lord. And once Joseph spent time with the Lord and truly poured out his heart and was very genuine, with sincere, real intent, his ability to translate was reinstated in both of these instances. And this is a joyous beginning for Joseph. Every time we make a course correction, every time we repent, Every time we do something righteous, every time that we wake up another day and we can, you know, maybe do something better today, um, you know, the things that I focus on is always my attitude and behavior, the things that kind of come out of my mouth, um, because I do get easily irritated, unfortunately, and um, I am short on patience and I'm really trying to learn how to be patient and not so reactionary. And when we make these choices to better ourselves, to um, do more of what we're taught in the gospel, to ride ourselves with the Lord and to really turn our hearts up to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are immensely blessed for these decisions and these choices that we make. After all, the only currency that we truly have is our will and our ability to act, our agency. After that, once we give it to the Lord, he is going to put us to work and we will be used in his kingdom. So interestingly enough, I started this podcast in March of 2020 and today is episode 40. Um, 
this has been a wonderful experience for me. And it's truly been a blessing to my life. And when I started this podcast, I knew that it was going to reach people that needed um, some missionary work, that needed someone to reach out, to uh, share themselves, to open up and to talk about the gospel, how we can use the gospel and truly wield it in our lives to reconcile the trials and challenges and the hard that we're dealing with. And by doing so, I have learned so much. And I knew the impression that had come to me was that this was going to give me experience, but I didn't really know what for. And uh, recently I was contacted by a um, counselor in our state presidency who wanted to talk to me about a particular calling. And um, I try to be a yes person when it comes to the gospel. I'm at a point in my life where my children are grown and they're overseeing their own lives. So it's just me and my husband. Um, You know, I do care give for my parents and and his father, my father-in-law. You know, and I am busy. I am actively engaged in my life and I've got things going on. But this podcast and the ability to bring and assemble these episodes together week after week has really taught me a lot. I've grown and progressed, especially in my faith and my conviction to the Lord. I feel at this point in time right now that I am unwavering, that I am completely rooted and nothing can uproot me. And I'm grateful for this experience. I'm grateful for the opportunity to acquire this knowledge and to build and grow my faith and my testimony and to really root myself in the Savior. And so I was extended a calling to uh, be a seminary teacher. And um, it's so funny because I'm not really a morning person per se, but since I've met my husband, and especially in the last couple of years, we've had to um, adjust our schedules and routines and get up earlier in the morning in order to get the gym in throughout our day. So he gets up about 3.10, 3.15. I get up at 4. I'm at the gym by 4.30. And this is really working out with our schedule. So I can reflect and look back how Father has worked with us in our life where we have, because I do pray for this, prioritize our lives in a manner in a way that is pleasing to Heavenly Father, to do the things that we need to continue to do, and to stop the things that have no benefit or value to our lives and to our spirituality. And then lo and behold, I'm given this calling. Five years ago, I would have said no way because I'm not a morning person, but now I was able to say yes for many different reasons. I'm up early I am prepared. I'm ready to go. I've had the experience of doing this podcast now for almost seven months, and I have grown and learned so much, and it's been such a blessing to me. It's been my own refiner's fire moments doing this podcast, and it's really prepared me mentally and emotionally and spiritually, but most important as far as my attitude and willingness to say, yes, I will do that. I really believe that the youth of today needs the adults in the gospel. They need us. They need to hear from us. They need to know that we care and they need to hear our testimonies in faith so that we can help nurture and grow their testimony in faith. Um, another example of someone who did something that they weren't supposed to do was, of course, King David, who looked upon Bathsheba when he shouldn't have. And even when he found out that she was married, he continued to pursue her 
he lusted after her, he bed her, and she became pregnant, and David continued to cover up his sin. He made a series of mistakes because he chose to look upon her. Now, the way that I read this story, and it was great because I pulled it off the churchofjesuschrist.org website, it really put a lot of context around it um, because David, his home was higher than the rest of the homes, and they often went outside at night because there was a gentle, cold breeze. And so that's why he was on the roof, and he saw Bathsheba because her home was lower than his. And then, of course, she was bathing on top of her home, and instead of quickly looking away, which is what the Savior did, if you look to the example of the Savior and what he did when he was given um, opportunities to be influenced or, or tempted or um, to make a sinful choice, he quickly rejected it and looked away, said no way, no how, and just pushed it out of his mind. Unfortunately, King David did not do that. And um, he found himself in quite a situation because one bad decision led to another bad decision led to another bad decision. And when we make a series of bad decisions, it's so hard for us to hear the Spirit because the more we step away from the Spirit, the harder it is to hear the Holy Ghost. So David was actually called out by the prophet of the day, and I believe his name was Nathan. And he confessed and repented to the prophet, but he only did it because he was called out by the prophet. Ideally, we want to do this because we feel that sense of um, guilt that hits our... Uh, just our, our scales of right and wrong that are inside us, our, uh, the core of ourselves that help us to know how to choose the right and to decipher between good and evil. And, um, but needless to say, he needed to hear from the prophet and it was the rebuke from the prophet that humbled David and helped him to confess and repent. So the Lord offers forgiveness to all those who repent. And in David's situation, as an example, he would have been better off repenting, um, like I mentioned earlier, without being called out by prophet Nathan. But it is better, at least, that he finally repented and was forgiven. And then he was given a joyous beginning from this egregious sin. You know, adultery, uh, any type of sexual sin is looked upon by the Lord through his commandments and the laws that were given, there is no tolerance for it and he will not be mocked. And, um, you know, David took this very lightly and he was tempted and he was swayed, but he made restitution and he did exactly as the gospel teaches. Um, so he has a joyous beginning from that sin and then another example, great example, and one that I love and admire always is Alma Jr. Alma Jr. was, I mean, he was really against the saints of his time. He was persecuting them and he was going after them in such a cruel and devious manner that he was rebuked. He was their oh, enemy. That's what Alma Jr. was, as he was their enemy. He persecuted the saints, and then he was struck down by God to bring him to utter humility and strip him of all pride and to show him the error of his ways. And then he awoke and lived the rest of his days serving the Lord and preaching the gospel, working miracles, 
true miracles among the children of men. Because he had this experience, because he accepted the experience that was given to him through the Spirit, he humbled himself, he repented, and he devoted his life to God. And look at what happened, all the work that he did. Um, I was talking to my husband earlier this morning, and I asked him if he could give me an example. And he teaches a lot about religion and his government classes. And he was talking about Paul, who, of course, is Saul. And he, too, persecuted the Christians. And then Christ had spoken with him and asked why he persecuted him and his followers. And then he was told to spread the gospel to the Gentiles. Um, He quickly changed his mind and became a servant of the Lord. And from then on, Paul was a missionary. I look at Paul as one of the greatest missionaries ever. And he did a lot of great work, a lot of miracles, a lot of wonders for the Lord. And, um, you know, for him, he too had a joyous beginning. You know, I'm sure you guys have had experiences in your life when you've made course corrections or changes in your life and the way that you live that have made you feel good. It's important that we feel good. Um, Choosing the right and following Christ and making good decisions for ourselves and our family and throughout our days are always important because when we feel good, we are confident and we, we are confident we can do the work of the Lord. Um, we tend to trust the Lord and have confidence in the Lord more. We're willing to walk more by faith. And when we don't do that, it's really difficult for us to walk by faith and to turn to the Lord. It's hard to do anything in the Lord's kingdom when we're walking around feeling you know, extreme guilt or embarrassment or shame. And that's why we are given the gift of repentance through the infinite atonement. So again, a joyous, joyous beginning with Paul. I mentioned earlier that recently I had struggled with issues um, that we're dealing with in our state and that I had been feeling very frustrated by the lockdowns and the mandates and the inability to attend church and go to the temple, uh, to take vacation as we normally would, to live life as we would. And I unfortunately... (laughs) took this attitude and this frustration to social media. And for a few days, I felt angry and edgy. Um, When I realized I was feeling this way and it wasn't going away, I did take a moment finally to reflect why. And fortunately and thankfully was able to identify what I was doing in my life that was making me so grumpy and quick to react. I truly was edgy and it's actually really unlike me to be like that. Um, so now I've made a new commitment to defend truth and righteousness, but to do it in a peaceful, hopeful, and loving way, and to stop engaging with folks on social media, which, to be honest, can be easy because it's a quick response and then you move on. But, unfortunately, with social media, you can move on, but the post or comment does not. And so I was constantly drawn back into the contention. So... I spent time talking to the Lord about it. I discussed it with him. I told him that I was sorry. I asked Father for help to have peace within me and to be a peacemaker. And so far, so good. And I'm so grateful for that joyous beginning that I could put that behind me and move forward. And I'm going to try my hardest not to regress and do that again 
It's not too late for you to succeed. And the Lord gives us this message. We truly can succeed at the things that we need to change. And no matter how far gone you feel you are, maybe how old you are, how much you've done, or um, the choices that you've made that have been wrong, it is never too late for you to succeed. And that is the hopeful message that the gospel of Jesus Christ has continually, and it's unchanging. How often have we believed that the message of the adversary, that we're beyond hope? I've fallen for that time and time again, unfortunately, but I'm getting a lot better at it. The prophets tell us otherwise, and Isaiah proclaims in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 7, it says, Let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy unto him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon That is a scripture of great hope and also great love. Mormon adds his witness in Moroni chapter 6 verse 8. It says, as oft as they repented and sought forgiveness with real intent, they were forgiven. Every new year, every new month, week, and day, every new hour, minute, and second, we can have a joyous new beginning The joy of the gospel is that it is never too late. For as often as we seek forgiveness, the Lord's redemption will allow us to start anew. Again, the gospel of Jesus Christ is perfect and has provided and allotted for all things. From a gospel perspective, our final grade will not take into account how long we faltered or how deeply we dug ourselves into a hole. Instead, the Lord will judge our lives based on what direction that we're heading and how we've repented and how much we have relied on the Lord's atonement. Our perfect Father in heaven never loses hope in his children's capacity to achieve salvation by being perfected in Christ. It does not matter how far gone we are, he will always seek after the one And the Lord beseeches us to no longer wander as strangers in sin, but instead to seek him in hope and enjoy the blessings of his infinite atonement. Indeed, it is never too late. And that is the greatest message of all. I came across a great talk called Beginning Again by Hugh W. Pinnock. And I wanted to share with you what he had to say in closing for this week's episode on Joyous Beginnings. He says, Lately I have watched with deep concern a number of instances that have unfolded into frustration, heartache, and seeming hopelessness. I speak today to those who suffer with pain and who are aching with grief, anger, and guilt. What I say applies also to those who will yet pass through periods of anguish and difficulty. When we were little, many of us repeated a verse that began, I wish that there were some wonderful place called the land of beginning again, where all our mistakes and all our heartaches and all of our poor selfish grief could be dropped like a shabby old coat at the door and never be put on again. The Lord of beginning again does not exist in a geographical location, but there is a specific spiritual position from which we can all start anew, shedding our pains, guilt, and sorrows, and let us travel there this morning. 
The ancient prophet Jeremiah was in his house one day and heard the word of the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels, and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter, so he made it again another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. And then the word of the Lord came again to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. The Lord explained to Jeremiah that when we make mistakes, as ancient Israel was making, we can take what we have marred and begin again. The potter did not give up and throw the clay away just because he had made a mistake. And we are not to feel hopeless and reject ourselves. Yes, our task is to overcome our problems, take what we have in our, and start again. And I love this portion of his talk. Our task is to overcome our problems, take what we have in our, and start again. Remember, Father and Christ reach out to us repeatedly, over and over, frequently, every single day, every minute of the day. They are always there looking to awaken us, to help us, to reach out for us, and to bring us back home. Returning back to his talk. Some of you who are listening have sinned in ways that are significant, embarrassing, and destructive. Yet by following the simple instruction given by the master, you can talk with your bishop when necessary and begin again as a renewed person. Following are the steps necessary to turn our lives in a new direction. The business of life is to climb higher. The divine step is to repent, and repentance means to find a better way and to follow it. And then we have joyous beginnings. So the first thing that he suggests that we do is to eliminate from our thinking and our vocabulary the phrase, if only I had done something differently. If only Samson had known the results of his association with Delilah, he would have never made the first visit. If only Sidney Rigdon had been able to foresee his pathetic end, he might have humbled himself and stayed with the church. If only the rich man could have seen beyond the grave, he might have started praying sooner, but only in hell did he become a praying man. If only you had not gone on that date or taken that trip or made that investment or met that person, your life might have been different. All of us can waste precious time by saying, What if I had not done something or other? What if is not an appropriate question if we really want to start again? Let us face head on where we are and where we want to be and not dwell on the what ifs of yesterday. And I really love his first point. Eliminate if only I had done something differently. I truly believe what we're taught about dwelling in the past It is only going to bring misery and heartache. All we can do is just learn from it and push forward, repent, and move on. I was out in the world as an adult for 22 years, and I did a lot of things that, quite frankly, I'm ashamed of. I have repented. I have met with the bishop. I have made amends, and I have worked very hard at it. But there are times that I go back home, and I'm visiting the city from where I came from, 
and I see spots or points or locations or run into people and it just brings back all of these memories of all the things that I did that I know Heavenly Father and my Savior would never approve of and it just brings such extreme guilt and shame and then I remember what we're taught in the gospel. I can be repent I can repent and be made anew. I can have a joyous beginning. I don't have to be held down by my past. I don't have to constantly look in that rearview mirror and focus on that. Because through the gospel of Jesus Christ and his infinite atonement and this plan of salvation, we can look forward with hope to the future and know that everything that we have while in the gospel is bright. The second thing that we don't want to wait for tomorrow to begin again is to boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Today is the day for each of us to wreck those monuments on our own battlefields and mark that place where we began again. One of the reasons we have conferences is to learn how to be better. We need to be reminded we need to remember, and this is why in the gospel, when we go to Sunday school, when we have Relief Society or Elders Quorum, seminary, whatever the case, whatever we do to participate in, in the gospel of Jesus Christ, they will always have reminders. We will hear about the same topics over and over and over because Heavenly Father and Christ understood the fall of man and being in this mortal body. We have to have constant reminders to keep us on that path because it is truly straight, very narrow, but it's sure. The third thing that we can do is resolve to live the gospel of Jesus Christ in its entirety, not picking and choosing, but living it in its entirety. For you shall live by every word that proceedeth forth from the mouth of God. Many people live the gospel according to themselves, and that is self-deception. There's only one true gospel, and we may alter it or tint it with our own notions, but if we will adhere to the pure teachings of Jesus Christ, just like a child does and would, we will eliminate many of the rationalizations that lead to problems. I have a saying that I always tell myself and anybody else that I'm talking to, the moment you start rationalizing your choice is the moment that you know that you're probably not making the best decision. The menu has only one entree. To pick and choose which of God's precepts to live is satanic self-centeredness. Integrity is the foundation of our lifestyle. The fourth thing that we can do is we need to face reality. Sometimes we wish we could fly from our troubles. And I know that King David did. He had been a good man, but he engulfed himself in great difficulties. It seemed to be more than he could bear. One day he cried, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then I would fly away and be at rest. His guilt-fired emotions had gained the upper hand. He wanted to get away from everything. Some try to fly away physically and others try to do so emotionally and that does not solve any problem at all. The only true escape route is marked with the sign personal responsibility. We must not deflect. If you notice out in the world, and this is something I've really been picking up on in the last few years, is they've always got to have somebody to blame. 
There's always got to be somebody to throw all of the responsibility on, but it's never them. It's always deflect, deflect, deflect. And this is completely improper, inappropriate, and wrong. We must take personal responsibility. Remember, the Savior said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He invited us to learn of him and to take his yoke upon us. The fifth thing that we can do that is very important is we can choose to approach our challenges positively, to take over, to lead out. A poet once wrote, Never give up. If adversity presses, providence wisely has mingled the cup. And the best counsel in all your distresses is the stout watchword of never give up. We recall with clarity these words of the Master. Seek you first to build up the kingdom of God and to establish his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Just a few verses later, the Savior tells us that he loves us, that we will be blessed, that when we do the work of the Lord in his kingdom here on earth, it is the greatest work of all. I am grateful for joyous new beginnings. I am grateful for opportunities that were given to repent and not bear the burden of sin, iniquity, and the choices that we make. I am grateful for this gospel plan of salvation. I am grateful for the sacrifice of the Lamb that I might be able to return home. And most importantly, I am grateful for his birth and his life, which truly is a liahona a lighthouse, if you will, for us to always reference and to look to when we need to make those very important personal responsibility course corrections. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. Happy New Year to you and yours. You guys have a wonderful New Year's Eve. I'm looking forward to 2021 and what it holds, especially in regards to this podcast and the topics that we can cover to continue our journey together, to grow, to reach out to one another, to nourish and strengthen each other's faith and testimonies, to share ourselves and our faith in Jesus Christ and continue to do the work of the Lord individually, within our families, in our community, in our church, in our city, state, country, and in the world. Please be safe. Please be careful. But most importantly, stay faithful. For faith is the key ingredient to all. And remember to be kind for everyone you meet as fighting a hard battle. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining me. And please don't hesitate ever to reach out if you ever need somebody to talk to or just to vent to or just want to pick my brain or just want to just share your testimony and your faith. Please DM me on Instagram at LDSRPRL podcast. I'm also on Facebook at LDS Real People Real Lives podcast. And you can email me at LDS Real People Real Lives at gmail.com. Until next week. God bless and love you so much.